now the cleanest hour in podcasting with your host, Ralph Peterson. This is the Housekeepers Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housekeepers Podcast. This is guaranteed to be the cleanest hour in podcasting. I'm so super excited. Super rainy here on Long Island, anyway. Rainy Monday afternoon with my friend Robin Clark. Hello, Robin. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Doing good today. Robin owns Robin's Rockin'. Wait, is it, wait, Rockin' Maids, right? Robin's Rockin' Maids. Rockin' Robin's Maids. Rockin' Robin's Maids. I had a little backwards. You know what I really like about that title? I really like the word maids. I love the word maids. And the reason is because, and I don't know how far back it goes. It probably goes back forever. But people really shy away from the word maid. They shy away from the word housekeeper, right? Like they... Everybody wants to be a, a software engineer. Well, what does a software engineer do? Oh, well, we clean. No, that's not a software engineer. That's a cleaner, right? Like people, like they want to call it anything. I remember remember Roseanne Barr. She said she was a domestic goddess. All right, that was kind of cool. I like that as a title, but I do like the word maids. I like that you put it right out there. Rockin' Robin's Maids. We have a song with our Rock Robin's Maids as well. Please. Go ahead. <laughs> you want me to find it? <laughs> no, I want you to sing it. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, you don't have to. You know, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You do, huh? Did you have somebody write the song for you? That's pretty cool. I wrote it and got it done on Fiverr. I think it was Fiverr. Oh, like a little jingle. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good for you. That's fun. Rockin' Robins, Maids, ma- No, I don't know. <laughs> It'll probably be fast for me to sing it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just think it's pretty fantastic. I got to get my own little jingle. I used to, there's this great song called The Housekeeper by Marvin Cersei. And everybody in the world has to look that song up because it is just so fantastic. I'm the housekeeper. Anyway, I love <laughs> it. I would love to use it as my intro, outro music for the podcast. But, you know, I've tried to no avail to figure out how to get a hold of somebody who owns that song. But then as I was doing that, I realized it probably cost me a lot more money than I make on the podcast. By the way, I don't make any money on the podcast. So right. um, probably not worth it, but I would love that song. It's The Housekeeper by Marvin Cersei. So let's go backwards. I know you're from, or you live in Indiana. Live right? in. Is that where you're from? Originally I was born in Fort Knox, Kentucky at the really? army base. Oh, your dad or mom was in the army? Which one? My dad. Really? Career? Was he he got out army? shortly after I was a child, but he raised me clean. <laughs> 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 if some dishes weren't clean, I had to re-clean them. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. So what was it like growing? So did you grow actually grow up in Kentucky? Grew up in Louisiana, Shreveport, and Homa. And the bayous. Oh, so, you, so you were born in Kentucky, but then you moved to Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. And that's where you grew up. How was that? Fun. I love the fish. Really? So it's a big fishing community. I don't know really much about Louisiana. I mean, I know you're on the coast. No, uh, it's a lot of fishing and going into creeks and the swampland and getting frog legs and crawdaddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're that lady. Okay. Okay. 
that's the opposite of what we did. We did do some like little crawfish catching and some frog catching, but only to catch. We didn't eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> I that's love pretty great gumbo. <laughs> yeah. All right. I ran a marathon in Louisiana. It was the first time I had gumbo, but it was vegetarian gumbo. So I imagine it's not the same. It's good though. Right. It was good. So you went to school there. You went to high school. What part of Louisiana did you say? Coleman, Shreveport. Shreveport. Where is that in relation to like New Orleans? And I apologize. It's the only really, that's the only thing I know. I don't really know. <laughs> but it's, it's south then. It's yeah. south then, right? It's all right on the water. It, there's a lot of water there. So I just remember fishing. <laughs> how long, and how long did you live there? Well, there you go. Since how I, long did you live there? I was 13. Then I moved to Florida. What part of Florida? Gainesville. Oh, Gainesville. Okay. Now I now Okay. Now we're, now we're talking. I know where Gainesville is. <laughs> the Gators. <laughs> sure. So how was Florida? You went to high school there and everything? Yeah. I went to Eastside High School. And how was that? How was, how should I put this in a nice way? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dark colored school. So I was not very few of white people went there. So a lot of teasing and stuff like that, but I still love all people. So you just, oh, so you didn't kind of fit in there at all? Right. Hmm. I don't know if your mic cord or something keeps shortening out a little bit. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Don't move. No, I'm just okay. <laughs> make sure your connection <laughs> is fine. So did you work at all when you were in high school? When did you get your first job? Did you have like paper route or anything like that as a kid? My first job was Aiken and Shake when I was 18. Really? Flipping burgers and working drive-through. I feel like steak. I feel like steak and shake is like a new restaurant. Apparently, it's been around for a long time. I just never heard of it before. Yeah, that was 26, 28 years ago. That's crazy. I swear, (laughs) I never heard of a steak and shake until like five years ago. (laughs) I never even knew they existed. I grew up in Vermont, though. We don't have steak and shakes in Vermont. They may now. God knows. I don't know if they do now, but they didn't when I was a kid. We had McDonald's, we had Burger King, we had KFC, and that was it. You either had one of those three or you didn't. Oh, we had Pizza Hut and Pizza Hut. Right. Yeah. And then later, you know, there was a Subway. and But yeah, no, no steak and shakes. But that's, so you didn't work prior to that? Not when I was a kid, no. No, huh? And what did your mom and dad do? I know your dad was Army. What did he do when he got out? When he, got um, moved to- he worked for the oil rigs and offshore and coming and going. He was a major mechanic. And my parents were separated. So when I went to Florida, I lived with my mom. She's a housewife, married to a cop. Oh, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that's really great. And, you know, what I'm trying to figure out is how you got into the cleaning business, you know, and not only the cleaning business, but how'd you become an owner? How'd you become an entrepreneur? You know, especially a lot of times we see, you know, when I meet people, it's their dad was an entrepreneur, their mom owned a cleaning business, you know, and they kind of grew up having that kind of mentality, but who was your biggest influence? I was trying to prove my ex wrong. Oh. <laughs> I have been there, my friend. I have been there. I've done that. No, I was totally great. So this ex of yours, he said what? Well, he didn't say anything particular, but he was always making money. And I was the housewife because I had three small children mm-hmm. at the time. And I started advertising on Craigslist that I can clean. Got my first job, and I've been going strong ever since. (laughs) I'm just really really good at it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what was the Craigslist ad? What was it? Was it just a maid service, a housekeeping service? What was it, was it exactly? It was just housekeeping. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I'll come clean your house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said $60 back then. <laughs> Did you put the amount in the ad? Yes. Oh, got wow. all kinds of calls. And then I got nervous and drugged my best friend with me, made her go. well i can imagine it's super scary to be going into somebody's house and to be cleaning and you don't know if they're going to be there when you're there and how old old were you yeah how old were you well that was 13 years ago so oh yeah okay i I just mean you weren't 20 no (laughs) yeah i got it yeah no that's awesome that's really great 2007 2007 is when you first started doing that yes that's really fantastic And did you, is that what you currently do now is all residential? We have 5% commercial that we do, some factories. Oh, really? No kidding. So you, I think we have 50 customers now. 50. That's quite an (laughs) opera. That's really big. That's a lot. What it really points to is that you're clearly not doing it all yourself. No, not anymore. How long, how long did you do it for your, by yourself? Like how many, how did you grow it? I grew up by meeting CBF, Debbie Sardone, and she taught, she's teaching people how to get out of the field and grow your company. And I've been following her techniques and it works. It's pretty That's really cool. great. So her whole idea, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, because I'm a fan of hers too, is as long as you're doing the cleaning, you're not growing your business. Right. Which I had a boo-boo not too long ago and I've been cleaning again, but that's okay. I just hired a third girl. So it's okay. It's okay to be getting in there and doing it when you have to. But if your business strategy is you're the cleaner, then you're, that's not a business. That's a, you just being the cleaner. Right. Right. And which it does, it really does interfere. You know, you wouldn't think that, but it does when your hands are wet and you can't answer that phone or you're out in the field, you have no signal. So you're missing all those opportunities. Yeah, so it, it is a big difference. That's really great. That's really smart. What is her website? Just in case anybody Debbie wants to reach Cardone. out to her. Com, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a bunch of her stuff too. And I think she's really great too. I like her whole approach on how to get. And I think it's super smart, that whole idea that when I first started working for myself, it was all about me. I mean, I did everything. I answered the phone. I did the cleaning. I I did the inspection on myself. You know, I uh, <laughs> I remember... When I first started, I, I had an inspection form. Like I sold it. I sold the whole part. Like I'm going to have it cleaned. I'm going to have it inspected. I'm going to have it certified. And then I realized I was I was the one cleaning and inspecting my own work. Right. You know, <laughs> there's something there's something just not right about that. So <laughs> what are you going to do? But so how long did you stay in the field before you started to get help? How many clients did you have? How many were you doing when you finally... Well, when the pandemic hit us, I went down to six clients. And when it first went down, I had 20 at the time. I went down to six. And I just joined the CBF community and they guided us how to come to pivot yourself and learn how to work around crises. And it worked. (laughs) I went from six to, like I said, I think I'm up to 50. Yeah. So what was the big learning curve? What was the big thing that really kind of solidified it for you and made the most sense? That I can't do it and grow the company because when, when I'm missing the calls, that was the main thing was I was constantly missing calls and mm-hmm. I had to stop that. I had to make it where I can actually book the clients. Mm-hmm. 
So there's this a place where I get my hair cut, and this is a stupid comparison, but here it is. There's a place <laughs> where I get my hair cut where the guy always answers his phone when he's in the middle of cutting my hair. And if he's got <laughs> 10 calls, he will take all 10 of them, which just simply means my hair takes longer to cut. Right, you're sitting there. It's not that big of a deal. You know, it, it happens every time. Every time I'm there, because it's only him, I think, and his brother. So, you know, there's only two people there sometimes. Sometimes it's only one person. But every time the phone rings, no matter who's in that chair. So they're constantly fielding calls. And they're not all work-related calls, let's be honest, right? The wife calls or something. <laughs> I hear those calls too. And it never, I kind of understand it. I kind of get it. But when I'm in a hurry and I haven't got time for him to be taking appointments, it drives me insane. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get somebody else to answer that phone? You know? Right. (laughs) So I totally, I totally understand from the business point of view where he's like, the last thing I want to do is not answer the phone, but I'm also cutting hair. Right. (laughs) So the pandemic was pretty tough for you, right? Yeah, with me being only cleaner in my company, you know, once I had it, I couldn't go clean. (laughs) Once clients get, you can't go clean. So now we have that social distancing because we're solo cleaner base and I don't usually see my employees. So we're not, if she gets sick, she's not going to get me sick and vice versa. And like I said, I just hired number three and she starts on the seventh. I can't wait. Yeah, that's super great. And what about your clients? What happened? So I know that when the pandemic really got into full swing and all the kids went home and the people weren't going to work, there was a lot of people who cleaned houses where the people who owned the houses just simply said, you know, A, my kids are here. They're going to start cleaning whether they like it or not. And B, you know, we're being advised not to let strangers in the house even if you are being trying to be socially distanced with a mask on. And so you must have ran into that as well, no? Yes, most definitely. A lot of clients dropped off because they were home and they could do it themselves. And then we just started marketing to the people at home and how they can have their time for their work. And it's just changing the way you market to people and finding the right customer. That is so intuitive. That's very smart because I think one of the biggest challenges from a homeowner's point of view, from a homeowner's point of view, I have a, we have a housekeeper who comes and we really struggled with the idea of whether or not she should, because she only comes every couple of weeks. Like she's not here right. a lot. And then when and we have teenagers who weren't in school and when I, I started, I've worked in every cleaning industry, I think, I mean, <laughs> damn near every cleaning industry. And when I cleaned houses, one of the things that I hated the most And one of the things I always tell people, if they want to do their housekeeper a solid, do them a favor, don't be home when they're there, right? Just leave, (laughs) go somewhere else. Don't be there, right? So on one hand, we never wanted to be here when our cleaner came just because it's awkward and, you know, go do something else, right? But then when COVID happened and everybody was here and there was no place to go, it was a challenge. And I like what you're saying. Like you kind of said, all right, hold on. This is your time. Why don't you take some time, go to the park, go walk the dog, run some errands, right? That was your marketing? Well, in a way, yes. Another issue was when they are home is I just, they go to an area of the house we're not in. And then when we get done with the rest of the house and we'll switch. 
So they don't, they could be home or not home, but it gives them more time to focus on what they need to do instead of worrying about mopping the floors. I have a friend friend whose marketing ploy during the pandemic was don't stop. What was it? Something like stop fighting with your 15 year old or something like that. Like, instead of (laughs) you know, you can, you can argue with your 15 year old to clean or you can just hire us. Right. Right. Which is pretty good marketing. I thought it was pretty funny, but I, she was doing really well with it. She was really doing well, just kind of highlighting the the struggle that most parents have with teenagers, trying to get them to clean up, do the dishes, pick up after you know, pick up their own room. Which you know, I'm all for making teenagers pick up after themselves, and I'm also all for housekeeping companies, <laughs> you know, to to clean for you. So I'm in a real tough spot. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> Should you well, pick up after yourself? Or? They can also make sure everything's sanitized. You know, they can also all the high touch surfaces and making sure that we're using a proper disinfectants and to help prevent the virus from spreading any further. So I believe the cleaning industry is going to be even stronger after this. Yeah, a million percent. And I can't remember who just who was just on the show and we were just talking about it. But the whole idea that, oh, my God, you know who it was? It was Katia, who is from France, or she's actually from Italy. And she grew up in a very artsy renaissance. She said it was like growing up in a – she grew up in Florence, Italy. She said it was like growing up in an outdoor museum. And what she reminded me of is that housekeeping is not just cleaning. It's also caring. So it's not cleaning stuff. It's caring for stuff. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's a big mindset change that I hadn't even given it much consideration on how impactful and significant that is. Cause it's pretty great to think of it like that because it's true. We don't just clean, we care for. And when you're cleaning houses, you're not just cleaning people's stuff. You're caring for people's stuff. That's a good point. (laughs) It's a pretty great turn of phrase, right? Yes. I like that a lot. I like, I like the whole, you know, I do this whole, I have this talk that I give and I talk about the first housekeepers were slaves. The first people to, I mean, the idea of picking up after somebody else who's not part of your family or your tribe or your community, you did it as a slave. So people would take and they would, you know, kill all the men and then take the women and the children and enslave them and the elderly and they would enslave them. And part of that enslavement would be used for doing nefarious, you know, like jobs that nobody wanted, not nefarious, but, you know, unsavory, unsavory jobs, right? And that included cleaning up after others, right? And they were called servants, slaves or servants. And then when slavery became, you know, unsavory, people didn't like slavery anymore. You know, they grew out of slavery. And I'm not talking about American slavery. I'm talking about wait, thousands of years before that, when they would enslave an entire, whoever won the war, the battle at that moment, you know, whoever lost, right. would all be enslaved. I'm not, it had nothing to do with, with race, it had more to do with ethnicity, where whoever, you know, where your tribe beat my tribe, and so my tribe has to be enslaved to yours, whatever. Right. And so when it went from servant, and then when it became a profession, where people would actually do the job of cleaning up after others who were not part of your family or your tribe or your community, they became civil servants. So they went from slaves to servants to civil servants. It's just an interesting 
trajectory of the history, I think, of cleaning, of housekeepers, of maids, of civil servants. I actually have a post on my Facebook area where our uniform is based on the maids the way they used to look. They had the black with the white apron. And we actually wear black uniforms, white aprons, just to represent the old time fashion mates. I like that a lot. I like that you have uniforms. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's it's very really important. Sets, yeah, that really sets you apart. That really says a lot because it really adds a, a level of professionalism that you just don't see enough. It's safety for the girls as well. If someone arrives at a home and they're in uniform, they know who they are. They don't have to say, oh, you broke into this house. Mm -hmm. It's identification of that they're representing the company. So mm. it's very important that they're always in their uniform. Mm. That's really smart. That's really, really smart. I like that a lot. That's really great. I started this show just talking to you and just mentioning how much I love that you use the word maids. Recently, I was at a, and this is not the first time this has happened. It's not the first time I've heard it. I, it's been going on for a long time. And like I said, I, I don't know why people have such a problem with the term housekeepers or cleaners. This is called the Housekeepers Podcast. And I invite people on the show. And I can't tell you how many times a professional cleaning company will write back to me and say, you know, we're not housekeepers. So I don't know if we're right for your show. I'm always like, no, you're, I'm the housekeeper. All right. I'm the, it's me. It's with a capital H. I'm the housekeeper, not you. But, you know, there is that, there is that, you know, that people look down at the word housekeepers or maids for that matter. And I was just at a meeting. I shouldn't even be saying this actually out loud. I think, should I be saying this out loud? No, it doesn't matter. There's a group, very well-known group called the International, was called the International Executive Housekeepers Association. And I think, so they changed their name years ago. They stopped being called the International Housekeepers Association, Executive Housekeepers, and they changed their name to initials, I-E-H-A. So that was their first attempt to say, we're not going to be, you know, with the, we're not going to be tied to the word housekeeping. Instead, we're going to be just go along with the initials, I-E-H-A. But of course, if you're an acronym, everybody asks, what does it stand for, right? And so you would always have to then go, oh, well, the International Executive Housing Association. I recently heard, and I don't know if it was true or if they're just saying it, but like they want to change the name to... Instead of the International Executive Housekeeper Association, I think they want to change it to the Indoor Hospitality. No, wait, International. The Indoor something. It completely out of the word housekeeping is not in there. The word cleaning is not. No longer is it a cleaning association. <laughs> now it's like the Indoor something. I have it. I should look it up. I have it. <laughs> and again, I don't know if they were just being cute you know, like trying to be funny or if they're serious, but there is a real, there's always been this, like this real uncomfortable people want to separate themselves from being considered a housekeeper or a maid or a cleaner. And it drives me insane because I love it. I think it's great. I think it's super important. There's a lot of people actually look down on the housekeepers. You know, they, they're, they're a little bit better than the people actually clean the toilets. But I think that's wrong. I think that girls that clean the toilets deserve every penny they make. And I make sure we pay them well. So, you know, I don't 
think that's right for people at like they're better just because they have a different title. So we don't call them maids. We call them cleaning technicians. Oh, you do call them cleaning techs. Okay. Okay. Now, I, the I, maids I, I, is in our name, but we give them that title so that people don't look down on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's smart. That's smart. There's a guy I just had on the show named Jim. He owns a dog cleaning, a dog poop cleaning company. And he, (laughs) (laughs) and what's so great about him is what I found so funny is the people he hires who goes and cleans up the dog poop in people's yards, they're called technicians. (laughs) I don't know why, but I would have never in a million years guessed that they'd be called technicians, but that's really fun. (laughs) Probably the same type of reason. That way people don't look down on them. <laughs> yeah, a million percent. A million percent. I know that there's a lot in the title and I know there's a lot in the name. I too grew up like I, you know, I was a high school dropout. I had, you know, very little opportunities. I had such a I was kind of raised with such a poor outlook on life and what I could get from life and and so when you come from, I think when you come from the bottom, you either, and it's probably true, it's, you're probably going to go on one of one or two camps. Either you're going to do everything you can to separate yourself from that kind of title, or you're going to embrace it. And I guess I just embraced it. I got the nickname as the housekeeper when I was in ninth grade, and I thought it was hilarious. It wasn't meant to be a joke. It wasn't, it was meant to be hurtful, but I thought right. it was funny. People are mean. Yeah, you, would you like to hear that song now? I think I could play it for you. Sure. If you have it, I'm interested. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Let me know if you can hear it. The jingle of Rockin' Robin Maids. And it's not one to play. Well, you know what? With this kind of a tease, you're going to have to sing it. <laughs> I think you're going to have to just belt out the lyrics. Hold on. I got it. Rockin' Robin. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> It's the first time ever the House Gears podcast we're going to debut a jingle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, just thought one to come up. Uh huh. I had it, but it wasn't playing. All right, we're going to have to get you to sing. I'm sorry. Those are the rules. No. <laughs> I don't make the rules, but I follow them. Let's go. What are the lyrics? What's the opening line? Is Rocker Robbins. We clean in the house all day long, scrubbing and washing and singing this song. All oh, little clients nice. on Jaber Street love to hear the maids go clean, clean, clean. Rock Robins, maids, <laughs> maids, maids. Oh, that's so funny. It's like a little parody. That's really fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it didn't play. So, what's next for you? How are you? What is the big plan? Do you have like, where are you going to be? You have 50 accounts now. You have a third person starting. How many, um, how many accounts do you want? Are you looking to get into more commercial cleaning at all? Not more commercial, just more residential. And I plan on expanding all the way around the U.S. Oh, yeah? Are you going to do like <laughs> a, maybe do like a franchise? No, it'll all be owned by me. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I like it with the cool. baseboard. That's good. <laughs> well, we had we found the guy that had some soul to clean it to match the guy that originally sang it. You know. Yeah, that's. I hilarious. thought he did good. 
Yeah, that's really great. Where do you advertise? Where are you spending most of your time advertising? Where do you get your clients from? I have two billboards. One's in front of my land. I have five acres here and I get most of my calls from those. And then I have another one right when you come in town. I should take out billboards. Tell you, it's where I'm in a very rural area. We have a total, we have to travel 30 minutes and we have a total of 30,000. And that's stretching it to the limit 30 minutes all the way around Paoli. It's a very small rural area. <laughs> Do you, so in every house you clean is like a single dwelling, right? I don't know what you mean by that. Like it's just a regular, just a house, standalone house. Well, some are duplexes. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. Some some are townhouses. Most are single dwelling, yes. Yeah. One of the great things about where I live, just outside of New York City, is cleaning sky rises. And the reason it's so great is because there could be anywhere from as low as 15 apartments in a building to as many as 800 apartments in a building. And it doesn't take you long you know, you don't have to get very many clients to always go to that building to work. You know, you, and all of a sudden you can have a cleaning company. You know, there's there are cleaning companies that three, four five cleaning companies that work in the same building all day because they each have so many clients. You know, like I've got these 20 clients I clean and then this person has another 20 and this person has 50 clients. And that's you know, a route three, density four, there. There's three, four, five cleaning companies in one building and they're all super busy. Wow. Because there's 800, you know, a thousand apartments in this one building. Oh, and I've got postcards waiting to be mailed off. About a thousand. Oh, so you of do those. postcards too? Yeah, because that way they know we're here. Because usually they have to call people from Louisville, which is over an hour drive, or Bloomington, which is over an hour drive, and just letting them know there is a local cleaning service here is important. So, do you have do you have like your car? Is your car wrapped? Does it have like a bunch of it's not wrapped, but it does have the name on it and it does bring in business as well. And of and course you, they're sure. Do you have do you have do any social media, like any targeted like Instagram, Facebook? We have Instagram and Facebook that we use and Facebook does very well for us. Next door is not a thing here. I've got four people in my neighborhood. So I'm trying to build that up, you know, to get it better, but no. Yeah, you're talking about the website, the next door website, right? Where you can recommend and find what your neighbor is essentially using for a service and be able to piggyback off of them. But that's not not a thing here. (laughs) Where's your, you have one billboard you set on your land, your own property. Where's the other one? It's on the same road, but in the beginning of town. I'm at the end of the town and that's at the beginning. So on 150. It's a major highway here. <laughs> that is so smart. That is so, and what, I want to know, what does your billboard say? What is the call to action? The one says, Rocker, I was made. And then the call to action is the girl that holds a broom to get their attention. Is and there a the phone, phone number, number, a website? What's on there? Phone number, website, name of the business. Mm-hmm. And the one up front here just says, let us do the cleaning with someone cleaning. And then the name, which I didn't think to put the phone number up. So they have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's what that's so great about Google is, and probably the, the claim to fame of Google is now everybody's, even if you don't use Google, you're thinking, hey, we're going to Google it, right? Right. And so it's not hard to Google Rock and Robin Maids. That's really smart. That's really smart. And so you just want to keep growing in your area. You said there's 30,000 people. 
Yeah, which is a very many comparative when in the CBF community, you know, their little areas are a lot more populated. I seem to be one of the smallest. <laughs> yeah, but even even being the smallest with 30,000 people, there's at least got to be, what, 10,000 homes, 8,000 right. homes. Right. You just got to learn how to target them. And you have 50. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there's a lot of growth there. Somebody has to own the community. Why not you? <laughs> That's what I'm trying. <laughs> I remember one of the, I took this marketing class and I remember there, one of the great things that the professor was saying was about how many pizza places there are in your neighborhood. And he's like, how many, you know, I grew up in a small town too in Vermont. And I remember, but there was like, when I was a kid, there was one pizza place and it was called Pizza Hut. There wasn't any other pizza place. But then when you, where I live now, I mean, there's a pizza place in every direction. You know, you could hit a pizza by throwing a, a snowball in any direction where I live now. But he says that the only reason why there are so many pizza places is because there's no really great pizza place. Because if there was a fantastic, amazing pizza place, they would have all the business. Yeah, they put out and, business. And that's inter- That's a really smart way of looking at it. And maybe, maybe that's how we look at cleaning, right? If there was one really great cleaning company, there wouldn't be room for any others. Makes sense to me. <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have to expand into another town. Maybe you just have to get better at being in the one town you're in. Yeah, definitely do do going any, to get this under control. Yeah. Do you do any trade shows? Do you go to any events? There's nothing here to go to. Like I signed up for the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah. And they don't do anything. <laughs> it's like you have no networking view. There's no networking here. So my coach told me I need to make one. So that's on my list of bucket bucket list. You know what? You and me both. I too am starting a networking event here locally for cleaning business owners because my business is cleaning business owners. And but your business would be who? Who would you want to talk to in a household? We would want to talk to the landscapers, the roofers, the construction workers. Well, who's, and who's going to hire you in the house? Usually the women hire, but here lately say, it's the, been half and half. But I was going to say the mothers, right? So are there any mother groups around? Are there any childcare groups? Are there any parenting groups? Are there any? Would I be the odd one with no little children going to a mother's group? No. (laughs) All my kids grown. No, 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 no. That's my point. My point is that when you're trying to figure out how to get in front of your customers, the first question that I would ask is, who is my customer? And then once I identified who my customer was, and I would say, okay, what are where do they hang out in groups? So it's Chamber of Commerce would not be where it wouldn't be the smart place for you if you want to clean houses. It'd be the smart place for you if you wanted to clean Class A office buildings, if you wanted to clean banks, if you wanted to clean doctor's offices even, right? But homes? No, a parenting group, a childcare group, a, you know, even daycares. You know what daycares all want? You know what daycares all need? Daycares need very little things. Daycares need snacks on Saturday on, you know, a random day, you know, like cookies or donuts or something, some random day, or they need, they need some, they need transportation. So they're going to take the kids on a field trip and they need to rent a bus or something, right? They need some transportation or they need some supplies. You know, they're always running out of crayons and paper and, you know, glue and you all of that could be a marketing opportunity, a sponsoring opportunity for Rock and Robin Maids. Yeah, that's true. 
And so every time, right, like all of a sudden the buses, the field trip is, you know, sponsored by all these companies, including Rock and Robin Maids. There was Code Drive here not too long ago that we sponsored. See, that's great too. That's great too. But that's what I would look at. I would be like targeting hardcore. So even even on social media, I would be getting into groups where moms are, wherever the moms groups are. And I would just engage. And you don't have to have small children now. You had small children. Right. You just offer advice. You could engage, just organically engage. And people are going to see, they're going to click on you. You know, every time you comment and you make some statement, I just got a client from that. I just got a client. And again, Mike, I'm a cleaning business strategist. So I talk to people exactly about what I'm talking to you about now. But I do it for commercial cleaners trying to get into healthcare. So very specific for me, just like you're very specific. Right. But I'm always engaging on social media. I belong to groups and I'm just constantly going, oh, did you try this? Oh, this is how I would do it. Oh, this is how I would price it. Right. And somebody just reached out to me. They said, hey, I saw a couple of your comments. I wonder if you can do a strategy call with me. I'm like, certainly. Because every time you comment, people are like, who's that girl? You know what I mean? And and they click on your profile and like, oh, you own a cleaning business. Oh, that's pretty cool. Never heard of them. Let me look them up. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're getting a phone call. Somebody's going, hey, can you come down and do an estimate for me or whatever, right? Right. Well, I had a five-star review and then my one of my employees did, got us a four-star review and it brought it down to 4.9. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hard I work to get that five-star all these years. <laughs> Up them floors better. <laughs> You know what? A four point star is not bad. A four, I'd take a four. I'd take a three. I'd well, take I, a three. It's down to four point nine. That one that gave me a four star. I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? I have 13 plus years of getting these reviews, <laughs> which I need more, but I'll get them. Yeah. Do you know how to get reviews? I'm going to tell you Ask. a secret. <laughs> well, asking, sure. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly. But I have one even a little, works a little better. You know what it is? What? You leave reviews. I leave, leave review for I leave reviews for everything. I have conversations. Your with house people, was I think dirty. Clean it better. Leave, no, uh, no. <laughs> I I'm, know. I'm just kidding. I, I think one of the most interesting things I've really uncovered is the more reviews I give, the more reviews I get. It's crazy. And not only that, but truth be told, I want to be the type of person who gives reviews. Just randomly, you know, if I got a good audio book. I want to review that audio book. I want to leave that author. I'm like, I really enjoyed this. Or the person who read the audio book was different than the author. I want to leave them a review. Like, I really like the way this guy talked or, you know, leave reviews. How can you leave reviews? Do you do, oh, let me ask you this. How do you let your customers know that you were in their house and you cleaned if they weren't there? How do they They, know? They smell. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> is that um, you don't do anything then not really no just leave it clean my friend lakeisha leaves cookies she cleans houses in boston and i think it's super great she her mom makes her cookies actually so her mom <laughs> makes cookies and she leaves cookies every time she cleans a house it's i know i always hear oh good it's rotten day that's what i hear it's like yeah hey <laughs> yeah that's super great you know that's why that's why hotels leave chocolate is to let you know that the housekeeper was there. That's the indicator. Didn't realize, but that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's something to think about. It's something to think about because 
I don't know about your clients. I can only talk about my wife, but my wife cleans the night before our housekeeper's coming in. Yeah, I just heard about that from another client, how his wife cleans uh, half a day before we get there. I'm like, but why? (laughs) I can't figure it out either. But that was alarm. That's alarming to me because my because I don't pay attention enough to whether or not something was clean or clean, clean. Right. I imagine you go in and you you and your staff, you guys clean, clean. And when it's yeah. already clean, you're not going to get my attention with clean, clean. You know, or you cleaned it better. All right. And you know where I learned this actually was in healthcare. Again, I work in healthcare, but we were having a problem in hospitals where they have this thing called HCAP scores. And it's all of this is it's the government's way of determining whether or not a hospital, they rank hospitals based on these HCAP scores, and then they pay you based on your score. So your reimbursement rate, the amount of money you make is kind of tied in a very direct way in a lot of cases, tied to these scores that you get. And you get the scores by the patients in the hospital after, you know, so a person goes, they break a leg or they have a heart attack or something like that. And they're in the hospital for two, three days, five days, and then they go home. When they get home, they get a survey in the mail. And that survey is the HCAP scores. And it's like a one to five. How satisfied were you with the food? You know, one is not very satisfied. Five was, it was really great, right? How satisfied you were, were you with the, you know, the, uh, the nursing? One is a nothing, right? And they'd get to housekeeping. And a lot of places, a lot of people would put NA. Think about that. Mm. They would put NA, not applicable. And when we drilled down, because we're obviously getting in a lot of trouble because the last thing you want is NA for housekeeping. Right. When we drilled down to find out why we were getting an NA or a real low score, it was because the patient never saw housekeeping. Because housekeeping would go in during the day to clean, but during the day is when the patient was having surgery or they were recovering from surgery. So they were sleeping and they weren't getting any visitors or they were having x-rays or they were at therapy. So there was never, they were never seeing the housekeeper. And so we had to start thinking, all right, how can we make sure that we're letting our patients know that we were there? Right. So we tried everything, tent cards. We started giving newspapers away with little post-its on it that said, from housekeeping, you know, hope you enjoy your day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we it, would, we, it did not work. Oh. <laughs> it did not. It's so funny. But the tent cards didn't work. The newspapers didn't work. We were... Ving the the toilet paper. We were putting stickers on the toilet paper. And none I used of that to do worked. that. We would do the wrapping. We were wrapping the toilet seats, so they have these wraps that say "cleaned and disinfected," you know, and they'd give the date and the time or whatever. That didn't work. Honestly, the only thing that worked was in every one of the hospital rooms is a whiteboard, a small whiteboard, and it was used by doctors and nurses. And it would be like your doctor's name your nurse's name, you know, would have like a little note, like save your urine. You know what I mean? Like some, right. some medical thing. We started adding the housekeeper's name to that. And that was really what changed it. So we would be like, your housekeeper is Debbie. And they're like, oh, and tomorrow we'd go, your housekeeper's name is Joanne. I'm like, oh, no, the housekeeper's here. Her name's up there. You know, and, and Joanne <laughs> would always put a little heart and hope you're having a great day, you know, but right. that's the only thing that worked. That was the only thing that worked. But my point is, it's super valuable to us in healthcare 
to make sure the patients know that we came in and we cleaned. And I imagine for your customers, that might be a, it might be a way to get good reviews because it's an, it's a, you know, an opportunity to wow them. You know, they're already in your, you're already in their house. Yeah. Already cleaning up. Right. So the next question I would ask is how could we make it even like, holy heck, you know, (laughs) did you see what she did to the, whatever, you know, I was talking to a guy in India and origami is huge in India where they're always making like swans and stuff out of towels and washcloths and leaving them on the bed. And he started to make them out of paper. And what he found was once he started making origami, little animals, swans, elephants, flower bouquets, whatever, out of paper, the guests started to take them home. Now it became a memento. And when they were writing the review, they were writing the review about the mementos. So they were like, oh, Tuscany was so beautiful and the Riviera and the boat rides and the sunsets. And then you got these cute little elephants that they left in your room. All of a sudden, housekeeping's being mentioned on the review. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's outstanding, right? It's just kind of, it's great. It's great. So we're going to get you to start leaving something behind. Right. I would say about doing the Google cards that Debbie talks about. What are the Google cards? That's where it's like a little scan code on it. Right. And it's a postcard. And um, so they scan it and it has like a, it's like a virtual brings them straight to the review. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know what a friend of mine does? A guy named Joe Affelbaum, who is a LinkedIn expert. This guy like knows everything about networking when it comes to LinkedIn. I can't recommend him enough so much. I'm going to say his name again. Joe Affelbaum. Look him up on LinkedIn. He says he has this great strategy. He says, like, he's just talking to somebody and somebody says, you know, he like he does something for somebody. He does a service for them. And they say in person, they say to him, they're like, I love how you handled this place. I love how you did this. This was really fantastic. Thank you so much. He'll say, thank you so much. Super nice of you to say. And then when they leave, he writes it on his phone. They said that they were very happy. Right. Then he goes home. He fires up his LinkedIn and he sends them a message with exactly what they said. Says, hey, Robin, remember you said this. Do you mind if I left this as a review? And what are you going to say? Like, no, of course, I would love to. I thought that everything you just wrote is exactly what I said. And I would definitely leave that as a review. And so then Joe writes the review himself on LinkedIn and sends it to you and says, here, just click this button and you can send the review for me. And everybody (laughs) does. Right. So now, it, I've done that something similar to that when people tell me things, I'll go and make a post about what this person said. But I've never give send it to them for them to do it. Yeah, that's the magic. Now all of a sudden it's coming from them. Right. Now, like now they're leaving your review and all you did, let's unpack this for just a quick minute here. All you did was got in front of your customer. You engaged them. You provided them with a great service, so much so that they, I mean, you're not making it up. I'm not suggesting that you lie, that you make it up. It does require you to be engaging with your customers. It does require you to be talking to your customers. It does require you to be doing a good job for your customer to even say to you, oh my God, I love you guys. I couldn't (laughs) do this without you. I mean, how many of your customers have said that? I bet a lot. Yes. Right. I bet a lot of your customers have said, oh my God, I just, you guys are so amazing. I've had such a crappy day and 
knowing that you guys were coming and that you guys came and took that off my plate. I just thank you so much. You could easily just turn that right around and go, all right, so thank you for saying that. And you're going to go back and say, hey, earlier today, you said this. Would you mind if I left this as a review? Because it's really it was really thoughtful of you to say. Of course, I would love to. Okay, click here. Right? So it's really an outstanding. Like I said, Joe Alphabaum, look him up. <laughs> look him up. That's smart, though. That's yeah. super smart. That's a nice way to get reviews. It's a nice way. Do you do any community like outreach at all? Do you volunteer as, as far as like as Rock and Robin's maids? Do you volunteer as Rock and Robin's maids at all? Not yet. I've just been very busy working in the field. So mm-hmm. on the seventh, I'll be out again. <laughs> we have a we have in Vermont. We have a Vermont Green Up Day. Where and it's taken very seriously, and it's a big deal because Vermont Green Up Day is the day that the city, every city in every town in the entire state of Vermont, picks up the trash from everyone for free as long as it's by the road. And so you can imagine everybody does pre cleanup for Vermont Green Up Day and they bring up everything they're going to throw away to the road, right. But there's a humongous amount of volunteerism that goes on with that. A lot of the Boy Scout troops and the Cub Scout troops and the Girl Scout troops and, you know, like all these, a Kiwanis Club and all these places, they all get together and they take random strips of back roads and they'll just go and they'll pull up old tires and, you know, all that stuff. And they'll just go through and it's Vermont Green Update. They're trying to keep Vermont beautiful. And that is a I mean, I see so many cleaning companies out there with their whole team volunteering, but they all have their company shirts on and their vehicles out there with the the big wraps on it and stuff. And they never, this is noteworthy, they never choose a road where nobody sees them on, right? Like they're always going into the neighborhood they want to do business in. They're like, what's the richest neighborhood? That's the one we're going to go volunteer in. Right. <laughs> I'm sure the owners are paying the employees. I'm sure they're not volunteering. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but nobody's, my point is that nobody else is paying them, right? It's right. The whole idea is to do the outreach, to get your name out there. I think it's, I think if you get one home on a street, then you already have a 10 times advantage from anybody who doesn't clean a home on that street. And so it's 10 times easier, again, this is my funny math how I'm doing, then it would be make good sense that it's 10 times easier for you to get more homes on that street. Right. Especially if you got a name on the car. A million percent. And especially now, one of the greatest things that COVID did for my neighborhood is it, it introduced me to all my neighbors. I didn't know any of my neighbors. I didn't know any of them. I just moved here on the 30th of, or in December of 2019. So of course in 2020, I didn't know anybody, right? Right. But because of the pandemic, I'm out walking my dog 18 times a day. And by the way, he's the only one happy the pandemic is over. He's so tired of walking. He's like, good Lord, can we stop this walking? (laughs) My dog, I almost killed him just walking him to death. But you know, we're out there walking him 18 times a day and we met all the neighbors. And so now we're on a first name name, basis with neighbors. And we're always talking about who do you use as a gardener? Who cleans your house? It's amazing. And now all of a sudden you take that into account with the cleaning industry and you're cleaning houses. How many people are talking about Rock and Robin's maid service 
It's so great. Yes, for sure. You should own every house on every street that you're on. If you have one house on Brook Street and one house on West Street and one house on Main Street, then you should own every house on those streets. That's what I say. <laughs> That's the strategy. Housekeeper yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So you also clean in Louisville, right? But Louisville's pretty far for you. We don't have any clients over there anymore. I cut them all oh. off, but they're waiting on us to come back. Oh, good. <laughs> but good, I do good, have good. So, one girl is starting over there soon, so we'll start advertising again. That's awesome. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to hire you? What's your website? Is it rockandrobinsmaids.com? Rmaids.com. R-R, okay, we shortened it up. Rrmaids.com <laughs> is how they find out about you. And where in Indiana do you mostly concentrate? Paoli. Paoli, Indiana. We're going to get you French some Lake, where the casino is. There's a casino? Yes. There's a casino in every town in this country at this point, I think. <laughs> I don't it's know, crazy. but that's a tourist attraction here. <laughs> do you clean any like Airbnbs or anything like that? That might be a nice piece of business. We have one. We don't do laundry. I don't like to be responsible for laundry. We do mm. offer to drop off the laundry, but most people don't want to go for that so far. Hmm. Interesting. RRmaids.com is where you find her. Robin Clark is her name, if you were wondering. I think I said that in the beginning. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I really had a great time. Me too. Thank you. I do enjoy talking shop. I hope maybe I got you some ideas. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Let me get you some more business out there. 50 is not enough. Let's double that by the end of the year. Let's get 100. That's the idea. 100 by Christmas. That's not a terrible goal. Not at all. It's like, what, 10 a month. That's three more cleaners. <laughs> See that? You're creating jobs. Is <laughs> That's it hard right. To, is it hard to find employees now? Uh, no, but I'm kind of picky. I like the girls that and guys, if anybody applies, but that – Keeps a job longer than a month. I like those who show up for a job longer than a month. So. Most, half the people I apply, they've been job skipping so much. I don't really look at those too much. I look at the ones that have <laughs> been working in a factory for 20 years and want to change. Mm. Those are my two employees now. And my other employee is my daughter that's been working with me half her life. <laughs> well, that's good. And how old is your daughter now? She's 26. Oh, very nice. See, now we're now we're talking. Now it's a whole family business. I like this. <laughs> the other two said, forget it, mom. I don't like cleaning. You made me clean when I was a kid. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. That's right. <laughs> All right. That's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's program, please make sure that you are subscribing to it, that you're liking it, that you maybe you're even writing us one of those very cool reviews right robin write That's a right. review of the house podcast it doesn't even have to be five stars whatever the amount of stars you want to give it is the amount i'm going to take and i'm going to appreciate every single one of those stars how dare you it better be five stars no i'm kidding <laughs> no i'm not yes i am no <laughs> i'd take a four i'd take a three I think, you know any time to write a review is a nice is nice anytime my son said that to me i'm a while ago, my son's old. He's uh, 32, older. And I I said to him one day, I was 
I don't even know. It was just random. I said, I said, Hey, we got on the phone. I said, Hey, I was thinking about you. And before I could tell him what I was thinking, he was like, he goes, Oh, that's awesome. I like that. I go, you like what? He goes, I like that you were thinking about me. Like I could have stopped the conversation there. I was like, wow, that is nice. That's not, that's not terrible. It's a nice piece of business. I was thinking about you. That's nice. That's don't even go any further. Cause it could, if you go further, it could be thinking bad. So just stay there. You were thinking of me. I like that. That's, that's good. Leave a review, like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends about it. The Housekeepers Podcast, Robin Clark, Ralph Peterson, Cleanest Hour in Podcasting. We will see you all. That's it. The Housekeepers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. Keep in mind, the best way to ensure that you never miss an episode of the Housekeepers Podcast is by subscribing to the show and following us on social media. For those of you who are more visually stimulated, you can always watch us record the show live each week on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. In fact, we post all of our videos on YouTube, so make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you love the show and you want to help us out, please consider writing a review and sharing the show with all your friends and families and colleagues. And if you are looking for more information about today's guest, all of their contact information and the links to their websites are in the show's notes. That's it. Until next time, this has been the cleanest hour in podcasting. I am Ralph Peterson, and I'll see you later. <laughs>